1: Isaiah chapter 35 and verse number eight, and a highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. Everybody say, the way of holiness, holiness. amen. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring man, though fools shall not err therein, amen. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, I want to say this, when the Bible says that without something we can't see God, I think it's important we need to find out what that is. Because we get water baptism, spirit baptism, and oftentimes we just kind of leave it up in the air. But this is something the Bible said, without this, we can't see the Lord. And so I want to focus in on what is that, that I, I have to have that to see the Lord. So I can be baptized in his name, I can be filled with the Holy Ghost, but if I don't have this, I won't see the Lord. I want to know what that is. And then the prophet said, there is a way, there is a highway, amen, that shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. I'm going to start a series tonight called the way of holiness, amen. And we're going to talk about this over the next several months, we're going to go through and for everybody that's already getting your hackles up thinking, well, I already know about this and the do's and all, you have missed it so far. I would just just hunker down and open your mind because you have no clue if you already are going into the list. You're missing it. We're gonna talk about holiness, amen. And we're gonna talk about that as uh, the Lord leads us through this series. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, thank you for your word for your mercy and your kindness and your goodness. I thank you for this incredible church family. I thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in our midst. I pray that you would open my understanding tonight, open uh, your anointing over me to speak to your church, O Lord. And I pray that before this night is over with, Lord, that you would be glorified in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, "Amen." amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Everybody say the way of holiness. Amen. So the first, the first part of this, and I don't know how long this is going to go, um, oftentimes I'll, I'll get into a Bible lesson and have about 10 pages of notes, and uh, usually I'll, I'll do about a paragraph a week. So 10 pages, you do the math, and I have about 11 different lessons that are at least 10 pages. So we might be on this for 15 years. Amen. Amen. But if, if holiness is so important that, that the Bible says without it, we can't see God, I'm not going to be able to get enough of that teaching and preaching because I want to make sure that I see God. Amen. Amen. Yes, and so we're going to talk about the first portion or the first segment of this. We're going to talk about the spirit of holiness. Everybody say the spirit of holiness. Yes. Amen. The spirit of holiness or you flip it, it would be the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of people say they got the Holy Ghost but are addicted to all kinds of illicit lifestyles don't have the Holy Ghost. Right. There you go. Come
0: on.
1: Amen. Amen. You, you can't have the Holy Ghost and beat your wife. Right. Right. You can't have the Holy Ghost and, and you know, be a chain smoker. Right. You, can't be the whole, you can't have the Holy Ghost and snort cocaine. You can't have the Holy Ghost be addicted to pornography. You can't have the Holy Ghost and cheat on your wife or your husband. Because it's the Holy Spirit. And as long as the temple's clean, it'll dwell there. Right? Oh, I'm going to get into that in a few weeks. I'm just, I'm just t- tonight is the introduction. It's the foreword to the lesson. So I want to talk about the spirit of holiness, because when we start thinking of holiness, we instantly think of the do and don't list of the outward appearance, when really that is the very last effect of holiness. It is an important effect of holiness, but it is almost the final product of holiness. Holiness begins within. Holiness, you, you can't have holiness without the Holy Ghost either. You so I saw the ominous people and they looked holy. Nope, they look weird. They're just separate. That's it. Don't worry. They won't hear me. (laughs) You're going to offend the ominous people. Well, they don't have electricity. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Or Amish, as grandma called them. Amish. Amish make good jam. Amen. Uh, Holiness comes with the spirit of God because holiness comes from God. God said he is a holy God. It's the number one attribute of God in Scripture is that he is a holy God. And that's a beautiful thing. Uh, our generation is caught up on the whole thing of God is love. And He yes, but that's mentioned one time. And he didn't say it. The apostle said it about him. The one thing God said the most about himself is that he was holy. And so his, he is a holy God. He, his spirit is holy. His ways are holy. His word is holy. Amen. And he calls us to be holy as he is holy. So holiness is more than just the, the the list of regulations of the flesh. That that's the that's the final part of it. That that's that's not the seed, it's not the root, it's not the branch, it's not the vine, it's the outward fruit. But before that starts, it has to start on the inside. It has to start on the inside. Uh if you'll uh let's go to um Ephesians chapter number Four, Ephesians chapter number four, and I, I want to read because um, we got to understand the way holiness will begin to begin to adjust the way we think. If you get the holy, if you've got the Holy Ghost and had it for any length of time, and it's not it, it's not convicting you about thinking your thought, changing your thought patterns, or any of this stuff, I, I would question really whether you got the Holy Ghost or not. If you've had the Holy Ghost for a year and you still cuss people out every time you get mad, you probably don't got the Holy Ghost, you just learn to mimic tongues. Because wow. tongues is not the Holy Ghost, it's only evidence of the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. Amen. I know a lot of people that talk in tongues, but they don't have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Their flesh has learned to mimic speaking in tongues. I could know, start doing it right now, who stole my Honda tie, my bow tie, and all that stuff. That's not Tongues. You start jibber-jabbering all you want. That's not not the Holy Ghost. That's tongues. Now, tongues is the initial sign of the Holy Ghost, but a lot of people learn to speak in tongues because it validates themselves to themselves and it validates their uh, salvation with other people. That's why people can come in and not even repent for things they've done and start speaking in tongues. It's not that they have the Holy Ghost. Their flesh has learned to speak in tongues. Wow. And we and they do that out of a source of pride because I don't want people around me to not think that I'm saved. Right? So I'm going to... and I felt goosebumps when I did... But if there's unrepented sin, it doesn't matter if you felt goosebumps. Right? Because it's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. So let, let's see... Let's see what Ephesians says, and I'm going to read out the English Standard Version. I'm pretty sure they're going to follow me along in the King James. Uh, But just to take a little bit of the thick tongue language out of here to simplify it a little bit. uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25. Y'all ready to get into this? I feel like a horse in the stall the last several weeks. I've, I've known where I'm going with this. Amen. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. So, Truth, speaking truth, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you're, you're going to speak truth. Yeah. Yeah. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal. You can't be a thief and have holiness. Or the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Let the thief steal no more, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Look at this. He look at Ephesians four twenty nine. Now watch this. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths. Wow. Let no you, you hear all these churches um, every once in a while get sent this stuff and. and You've got preachers and song leaders during church cussing and they think this is great. Oh, this is great. This, the, the pastor dropped the F-bomb. That's, if that entertains you, you're lost. If you think a song leader saying the S-word is cool and being relevant, you think, oh man, no. That's That's sinfulness. And I would have got 50 years ago, a church mother would have got up and slapped them in the mouth. And then drug them out by the hair of their head and washed out their mouth with soap. Amen. 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 Praise God. I got my mouth washed out with soap. Put some Irish spring in your mouth. It'll, It'll change the way you talk. I heard a word over at my friend's house in a movie, and I didn't know what the word meant, and I said it. I honestly didn't know what it meant. And my my mom stuck my head under the faucet and pulled my mouth open and pinned my head down and started jamming Irish Spring soap, because that's what my dad used. I hate Irish Spring to this day. I get nauseous when I smell it. And then took a toothbrush and was scrubbing my tongue. That's child abuse. We could use a whole lot more of that right now. These little brats running around the store flipping their parents off and all this stuff. Not Holy Ghost-filled children shouldn't be doing that. Holy Ghost-filled homes shouldn't be doing that. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. I told you, I'm just getting into this. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. This is Ephesians 4 and 29. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Say, okay, I got that. Well, you gotta have verse 32 too because that's a sign of having the Holy Spirit or a spirit of holiness. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Now, look look at chapter five. We're gonna roll over to chapter five. Remember, it's broken down in chapter and verse for us, but it was written in letter form. This continued on. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice. Hallelujah. uh, Verse number three of chapter five, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as it is proper among saints. Amen. We're the saints of the most high God. Oh, don't worry. He sets the plow even deeper in verse four. Now he's not writing this to people who had just heard the gospel for the first time. He's writing this to saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving for you may be sure of this. That everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God, kingdom of Christ and of God. Wow. So you think, well, how in the world can I attain this? Because this is the spirit of holiness. This is the fruit of what holiness, the Holy Spirit, interchangeable will produce in your life and what it will not allow to be produced in your life if you let the Holy Ghost work in your life. You'll throw me over to the PowerPoint. We're going to try this and and, and see if I'm an advanced enough human to work a PowerPoint. Amen. So we're going to look at this and we're going to talk about the dreaded do's and don'ts of the spirit of holiness. The dreaded do's and don'ts of the spirit of holiness. Are you ready? Now, we're going to use the scripture. Hopefully, you wrote that down, and we'll, we, we can post this. Uh, at least, I'm sure think we can. We can post this. If you want some of these notes, we can post them in the members page, and you can go over. I really hope you will. All right, let's look at the dues. This is what the spirit of holiness is going to produce in you. You ready? You'll speak the truth, verse 25. Amen. You'll speak the truth. You won't lie on your tax forms. Amen. I had somebody tell me one time, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm not paying for those stupid groceries. When they first came out, so one person's going to our church, I'm, saying, I'm not paying for those stupid grocery bags. I'm not paying 10 cents for them. I said, what do you do? So I take them. I put my, I said, I said, so you're going to go to hell over plastic bags? <laughs> I mean, are you being a ding-dong or what? <laughs> I said, do you know how many you've taken? Said, no, it's been a lot. And I said, you need to go back into that Walmart store and try to settle it up. Just because you're mad because you don't want to pay 10 cents per bag. I've gotten to my truck before and noticed I had, especially when they, you first did this and they did, it was hard to you know to do I remember going to my truck more than once or my car more than once with a bag I didn't pay for walking back into the store and handing the money. And they're looking at me like I lost my mind. What do you do? I actually got a couple of bags and I didn't pay for them. That's 20 cents. I, I know. I just, and I've had them tell me, no, keep it. No, I need this here on my receipt. Look, I owe you 20 cents or 10 cents. You say, you're, you know, it uh, See, the Holy Spirit won't let you be dishonest because Holy Spirit, holy of God, God is truth. I don't know if y'all catching that or not. God is truth. And if God is in you, you're going to be convicted when truth doesn't come out of your mouth. And if you're not, you ought to be very nervous. The other, the other do that it's going to work is Unity. Unity, amen, you ought not be like a piece of barbed wire in a crowded cable car. Unity, unity, that's what God's called us, the spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit will work unity in us, everybody say unity. unity, amen, let me tell you something else that the Holy Spirit will do, you'll work, lazy people won't be saved. I don't know if y'all, I thought I'd get a lot more amens than that. Lazy people won't be saved. It's in the Bible. I've only kicked two people out of our church before. And I've kicked them out, and they are not allowed to return. And they were men that were healthy, had nothing wrong with them, and they would not work a job. They had been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to work and support their family. People in the church had given them a job, had gotten them jobs, they would show up to work, and they expected the church to pay their bills. And after this, they didn't happen to it. This happened multiple times, probably at least a dozen times in each case. And they'd come to church on Sunday and shout and dance and speak in tongues and run. And I knew it wasn't of God, because the Bible says that if a man doesn't support his family, he's worse than an infidel. So I looked at him and said, you're up here speaking in tongues. It's, a, it's either of the flesh or of the devil, but it's not of God. You won't support your family. And I said, bless all these brethren's heart and all these single moms here who are working 40, 60 hours a week and they come in here and giving it everything they have to worship the Lord and you've been laid up on your rear end all week with a chicken leg in your mouth and your hand held out. And I told them, you may go to heaven, but it won't be from this church. You can go somewhere else. They looked at me as shocked as some of you are right now. It's not fair to everybody else in the church for them to be after church bumming money off of people. Pay my lecture bill. Can you put a little something on my light bill? No. No, you're a bum. Go get a job. Pay your tithe, give your offering, and then you're welcome back. say, Pastor, that don't sound very graceful. Well, maybe not to PC sensitivities, but to the Word of God. The Bible said in Ephesians four twenty-eight that you will work. That just must be one of them Texas things. That's a Bible thing. You work. Remember I'm talking about retired, so all retired folks can take a, take a breath. <laughs> but if you're able to work, I don't know. Elder Henderson, just tell me to hurry up and I'll move on. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I think you'll be lost. If you're able to work and you lie to get welfare and disability and you're lying to get all that stuff, you're able to work, you're not right with God. Get off your lazy rear and get a job. I'm in the book. The Holy Spirit will not let you be dishonest. We was in a service one time. My wife and I had just been married, and God was healing people. I mean, people were being healed all over the place, and I've told the story. And uh, my wife and I went to this one person and said, believe God's going to heal you. Do you want to be healed? And they said no, and it stunned us. We're like, you don't want to be healed? No. They said, if I have to be healed, then I'll have to get a job. Said, if I get healed, I have to get a job. I'm on disability. Well, according to thy faith, be it unto thee. And they died with that sickness. Hallelujah. Y'all think I make, go ask my wife, she'll tell you. I mean, well, hey, you got to appreciate they, verse 25, they spoke the truth. <laughs> and then my wife and I were in unity, let them be sick. Amen. <laughs> hey, it, it, hopefully this ain't too much to handle but the Bible says work. I asked somebody one time that was, all, that used to work jobs just long enough to get benefits and then they quit. You know, they quit, go on unemployment for five to six months, then they work a job for six weeks, they quit and collect all that unemployment and lie about all their dependents so they get a big refund check. I said, don't you ever feel guilty for the people I've got to get up every morning and pay your bills? Don't be a leech. If, you, if you're retired or you're disabled, you're not able to, that's what it's for. But every able-bodied person, Ephesians 4.28 said ought to work. That's right. Is that right, Brother Moreno? Am I still in the book? All right. Next one is, since you're working, you need to give. The spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit, makes you, will, will lead you to be a giver. Amen. Let me tell you what else it'll do. It will cause you to encourage people. This is this is the dues of the spirit of holiness. Amen. The the Holy Ghost will help you to be kind to people. Have you ever walked away from somebody and said, "I cannot believe I was that kind"? <laughs> I was getting on a plane a couple of years ago, and I had my my I, I carry this same setup I always have. I have a satchel bag, and I have a small roller carry on, and then I have a and that's what I used because you get two pieces. And, but on this particular trip, it was going to be for like two nights. So I put my suits and my dress shirts in a garment bag and put over the top of it because I had gotten a notification the night before that, hallelujah, they'd, they'd, they'd given me a free upgrade. So I thought, well, I'll have a closet to put this in. And if, and if they don't want me to take it on the plane, it's not a problem. So I'm standing in line. I checked in at the counter and they, I said, hey, I've got a garment bag as well. Is this cool? So oh, yeah, it's fine. We'll put it on the closet. I'm standing there and this lady is just glaring at me. And then she walks over and she goes, do you got three pieces of luggage? And I said, well, yeah, I've got this. She goes, and you're carrying all that on the plane? And I said, I I mean, I plan on it. They they told me it was okay. And she went off on me. She said, why is it that men get to carry more on the plane than women? You can probably imagine what she looked like too. I said, well, I don't don't think it's an issue of that that at all. I mean, I got a notification last night that I'd get a free upgrade. And so I thought instead of packing another bag to check in the plane, I would come to the counter and see if they'd let me carry a little garment bag on, hang it in the closet. And she went off about, well, they never let me carry my extra bags. And and she was going, the whole area in, in the boarding area was turned and watching this woman yelling at me, spittle coming out of her mouth. And I am just sitting there just being as, I couldn't believe how calm I was. (laughs) And I would just not, and I'd start looking away, and she was still going. (laughs) She followed me down the jet bridge. (laughs) I sat down in seat 1D. That's my favorite seat. And I sat down, and she stood over me. Just going like that. And I actually began to feel pity. For this miserable woman now what my flesh wanted to say my flesh wanted to say now listen here heifer <laughs> but I didn't I was so unbelievably calm I was so it was like 520 in the morning too so it was super early I'm on and I was super calm and she's just going off about my garment bag and the stewardess walks over to her and says, "Ma'am, you need to take your seat." She said, uh, you, "You know, uh, this is a reverend; he's a frequent flyer, and we're okay with." It. And she turned and started going off on that woman over a garment bag. And then, when she finally walked off, she got four rows behind me, and the entire front of the plane started clapping. And I was so embarrassed. They were clapping, and one of the ladies leaned up from behind me and said, I don't know how you didn't hit that woman. You have the patience of a saint. She was just clapping. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, it'll help you to be kind. And you know what? I didn't give that woman what she was looking for. She called me a chauvinist. She called me all kinds of names. I mean, a lot of them I can't repeat, all because they were going to let me carry a garment bag. Just a, a cloth garment bag on the plane. Well, I'm glad I got the Holy Ghost. It didn't mean I didn't feel any kind of way. I was just sitting there, like 90% of the time, going, Wow, I'm really calm. I'm glad I got a prayer life. This woman is miserable. I pity this woman. And I was just as kind, and when she went up, everybody was clapping. They started leaning up, patting me on the back. You are a saint. I can't believe you didn't cuss that woman out. One person said, I got some of that on video. Can I post it? And I said, no. (laughs) Unless you got the back of my head, nobody can say who I am. I mean, but that's what the Holy Ghost will do. I can't say I have passed that test every time in my life since I've been living for God. Sometimes stuff like that happens, and I go, remember, God, I'm a C student at best sometimes. Today would not be a good day for me to be doing a test, all right? Y'all have ever had those days, right? So you're kind. Verse 32 says you're tenderhearted. That means you have compassion. You have compassion. My wife tells me all the time, your heart's bigger than your head, boy. I see a need, I'm going to give to it. If, if at all possible, we, we've been a place we didn't have anything to give and I'll give away my gift card. Somebody gave me for a birthday. The Holy Spirit will make you tender hearted. Amen. Let me tell you what else the Holy Spirit will do or the spirit of holiness. Verse 32 says it'll make you forgiving. It'll make you forgiving. I don't got time to get into this, but Christ ties his forgiveness to us, to our forgiveness of others. He said, I'll forgive you to the degree you forgive them. Yeah. If we hold unforgiveness in our heart, God holds that against us. Jesus said it this way. He said, if you're going to give a gift, he said, don't give it with aught in your heart. You're going to make it right with your brother and then give it. Yeah. That's how much it meant to Christ. Everybody say forgiving. Yeah. Chapter 5, verse 1 says it'll make you loving. Makes me want to love everybody. Makes me want to love everybody. Makes me want to love everybody. It's good enough for me. Yeah, the Holy Spirit will make you love. You remember the first time you got the Holy Ghost, baptizing the Holy Ghost, how, how you felt like you just wanted to love Him? How many's ever seen somebody get the whole, I mean, a real good dose of the Holy Ghost? First time, get the Holy, like an old drunk on a bar stool, just hugging everybody that walks by. If they were selling Coke, they'd be buying one for everybody. Pepsi over here, Dr. Pepper. I just feel so good. That's what the Holy Spirit is. It'll make you want to love. See, you can't hate your brother. And have the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of holiness. You can't have racism in you and have the Spirit of holiness or the Holy Spirit. You can't be bigoted or any of that stuff. You've got to have the Spirit of holiness or the Holy Spirit. It'll make you thankful. Hallelujah. It'll make you thankful. It'll make you grateful and thankful for things. matter of fact, the Bible said one of the signs of the end of time would be unthankfulness. How many many times you done something for somebody in need and didn't even get a thank you? I remember one time my wife and I took, and we, we do this every Christmas, but one time we were really running low, but we took literally all the money that we had had outside of some things we had bought for Addison and gave it to some other people to have a good Christmas, and they never even said thank you. Now, I didn't do it to get a thank you, but that next Christmas, those same people needed help. I helped them, just just maybe a sixth of what I'd helped them the year before. Thankfulness goes a long way. Same thing works when God blesses. Man, if I pick up a penny on the floor, I say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Pick up a dime, thank you, Jesus. Now my wife takes it to the extreme. You know, she gets that check in the mail from some obscure company with 97 cents to take to the bank. And she goes, oh, thank you, Jesus. I got a 97-cent check. Go deposit it in the bank. I ain't depositing no 97
2: cents.
1: You, you. Oh, just go put it in our account. No. Not walking into the bank with a 63-cent check. Not doing it. I'm thankful. But it, I can just see them now walk in with this. 42 cent check and you think i'm exaggerating she's brought in those checks before and i can just see the banker saying hold on we're gonna have to get a manager and two signatures for that check <laughs> we, we may need to back the brink's truck back up here <laughs> amen let me tell you what else the holy spirit the spirit of holiness will do it'll help you be sexually pure not not only in the engagement of the act or the abstinence of it if you're not married. If you're not married, you abstain from that act or the things that lead to that act. If you're married, have at it. That's what God gave marriage for, have fun. That's why we need to quit telling young people, wait till you're 40 to get married. Nope, not God's plan. Now, some people are, some people like Paul can be celibate, that's fine. But the majority of us, amen. So if you're married, being sexually pure means being sexually active. I'm not getting nearly amens I thought I would from at least men right there. Amen. It means sexually pure is being sexually active. As long as you're able, right? Amen. And uh, you, you don't go on fast all the time to avoid it. Well, I'm fasting. I can't, well, well, that's between you and the Lord. It ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> like Bishop Hurst said one time, I didn't get married to fast. I got married to feast. <laughs> if you're not married, you abstain from sexuality. If you're married, dive in, have fun. That's, a, that's one of the best parts of being married. We gotta quit acting like a bunch of prudes, like we're a bunch of Mennonites, sitting around and around going, "Well, we shouldn't." The Bible talks about it. Young people, here's the great thing: get married, have
2: lots of babies. That's what it's for. Amen. Let me tell you what:
1: it, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Holiness, won't let you be entertained by sexual impurities either watching a bunch of fornicating and homosexuality on your the Holy Spirit will convict you of that if the Holy Spirit, or the spirit of holiness is in you. Right? See something pop up on there, you go, oh, yeah. You say, oh, it's just because you're old-fashioned. No, it's Bible fashion. The Bible said to shun the very appearance of evil. I know people who are so anti-LGBTQ whatever, but their favorite shows are littered with it. There you go. No. You abstain from it. And, and just as you abstain from that, you abstain from entertainment that promotes any other kind of fornication or adultery either. Can you say amen? Here's the don'ts. Verse 25 is lying. Don't lie. Don't lie. Because the spirit of holiness will produce truth in you. See how it's countering there? Speak true. Lying? Verse 25 was unity on the do list? It's sinful anger on the don't do list. So anger is not a sin. I want to be very clear with you. Getting angry is not sinful. It's sinning when you're angry that's sinful. Bible said, be angry and you can get ticked off. I get ticked off. Just don't sin. Bite your tongue. Write your lip. First couple years I saved, I had a hole in my bottom lip. I could just put a straw through my bottom lip almost.
2: (laughs) What the.
1: (laughs) I thought blood was a topping flavor. I was biting my bottom lip so hard. My tongue. You can be angry, don't sin. Keep your fingers together. Don't hit anybody. Don't cuss anybody out. Don't be giving them the aloha good luck sign. Be a Christian. Stay full. You can be angry. Just don't sin. That's what the Bible says. So sinful anger is one of the don'ts. Amen. Stealing. See how it's the opposite of work. Stealing. See, the spirit of holiness or the Holy Spirit won't let stealing settle within you. Corrupt talk. Corrupt talk. It actually goes with another one that I'm going to talk about in a minute, but talk that tears down. Talk that tears people down. Let me be very clear. Talk that tears godliness down. So talk that tears sin down. That's Okay. Notice I didn't say mean talk, belittling talk. But, but that doesn't mean you can't say anything against sin. You, you, just get, you can't talk corrupt talk. You can't be tearing things and tearing people down. Amen. Verse 30 says another thing that the spirit of holiness won't let you do is grieve the Holy Spirit. I remember they used to talk about this a lot. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost. And I can just imagine the Holy Ghost in the corner with a tissue, blowing his nose, just grieving. But what it means is don't do things that make the Holy Spirit or the spirit of holiness sad in your life. This, This list is a good one to start off. You notice I haven't even touched one article of clothing yet. And I probably won't for months. It's the spirit of holiness. You... We used to sing the old song, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. A lot of people want to start fixing the outside and the inside's all rotted in. You got to let Jesus work from the inside out. Amen. I mean, you you can get the out stuff right, but if you got the inside wrong, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. Amen. Don'ts. Verse 31 says, bitterness, spirit of holiness, Holy Spirit do not going to let bitterness in your heart. This next one goes with corrupt talk, and that's gossip. Holy Spirit, Spirit of holiness, won't allow gossip in the life of a believer. Amen? Amen. We, don't, we don't talk near about gossip like we used to. It used to be people on the phone gossiping all the time. You know, I can remember going to people's home, and they'd have that 25-foot curly cord, and you'd walk in, they'd walk in down the hallway, and down to that cord would... About clothesline you. They weren't walking away because they were talking romantic to somebody. Their part, their spouse was there. They were talking bad about somebody. Now we disguise it as a prayer request on Facebook. But gossip, the Holy Spirit, Spirit of Holiness, doesn't want gossip in our life. Can you say, man, is is this too sh- too shallow or too? Amen. This is going to help you have a spirit of holiness. Uh, here's one. Uh, I might just hunker down on this one for a little bit. Obnoxiousness. Actually, obnoxiousness goes with this one. Meanness. You know, it's okay to be goofy and, you know, you know, be obnoxious in jest. But some people be obnoxious and, and, and mean or sarcastic all the time, belittling people. I, I, we had somebody doing that all the time. And I, I corrected them. I said, hey, you, you, you need to. And they said, oh, that's just our family. That's just our personality. So you're telling me you're all jerks? Because you can't have the Holy Spirit and always be cutting people down all the time. Right, right, right. Why? Because that's obnoxiousness. That's, that's meanness. You can't, that's what it says in verse 31 of Ephesians 4. Go back and read it. You can't be obnoxious and mean all the time. You know, I read a scripture on Sunday and it said for fathers to not provoke their children to wrath. I've had fathers come to me about their kids, my kid. Well, you provoked them. You provoked them. It doesn't make what their reaction was right, but it didn't make you leading into it right either. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be obnoxious all the time. And I'm already getting texts for marriage counseling right now. Amen. <laughs> Do y'all get what I'm talking about between and just every once in a while, and somebody doing that all the time, just trying to get somebody's goat? Do y'all know what that means to get somebody's goat? Y'all know what? That, let me explain it to this generation. If you get somebody's goat, and it goes back to a long time ago when people had goats for milk. And all this stuff was a prize. down. When you get somebody's goat, it means you took their victory, their joy. And so the old saying is, don't let them get your goat. That really got my goat. Lock your goat up. <laughs> yeah. Right? Put, put a double lock on that goat. Lock the corral. Set on top of it with a shotgun. But not meanly. <laughs> Protect the goat. Amen? And don't be one trying to get somebody's goat all the time. Take their victory. If you have siblings, you know exactly what I'm talking about. My brother was demonic. I was convinced he was the spawn of Satan most of my childhood. He's not right behind you. Don't worry, Abraham. You know what I'm talking about. Older brothers are just inherently demonic. Just torture the whole time. Wet willies, noogies, wedgies, atomic wedgies. That's where it can actually reach your shoulders. That's what big brothers do. They're brutal, obnoxious. I can't tell you how many times I laid in my bed and, and just cried. I wanted to kill him. He just, but I knew I couldn't because he's an Amazonian swamp creature. You think I'm exaggerating. I never forget the time that he made me hit my head and gash my head open. And I'm laying on the floor bleeding. And he leans down and he says, if you tell mama I did that, I'm going to kill you tonight in your sleep. <laughs> so I got in trouble for gashing my head open because I was more afraid of him. <laughs> because I believed he'd do it too. If you met him, you know why I am afraid. It's going to be obnoxious and mean all the time. Another thing, spirit of holiness what let us do is be covetous 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 Well, but we got a lot of that coming into the church now being covetous of what other people have we can't celebrate what people have because we get covetous over it they got a new car and went, why didn't i get my car they get a house i didn't want to get my house they get a raise why not get a raise That's covetousness you need the holy spirit you need a spirit of holiness in your life what do you think socialism is it's a spirit of covetousness all that marxism stuff is spirit of covetousness Amen. Greed is the same thing too. Amen. I I saw some guy, somebody sent me a TikTok link. They thought it was really cool. This guy was supposedly discounting scripture. And he says, if the Bible says money is the root of all evil, then why do churches ask for it? And I thought, he told him, that's not what the Bible said. The Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. That's two totally different things. And so, turn your hat back around. You're not a theologian. Go get a real job. Amen. So, we can get coveted in the church. We can look at what other people have and not celebrate. If you find yourself not wanting to celebrate somebody else's victory, check your spirit. Go to prayer and say, God, help me with this. Amen. Uh, Holy Spirit won't, look, look, sexual impurity. Amen. Amen. Because the spirit of holiness or the Holy Spirit will not allow that to happen and you remain unconvicted in your life. Right. Amen. If you feel convicted about those, those things, then, then that's a good thing because the spirit of holiness is tapping you on the shoulder going, you need to get that right. You need to repent. You need to stop doing that. Amen. Right. And, and the other thing, and, and I'm going to kind of bounce back and forth, is filthy talk and dirty jokes. I was somewhere, not recently, and they started telling a dirty joke, and I turned and walked off. As I was walking away, they go, oh, come on, it's not that bad. I, I, I don't find that line of demarcation in the Bible where there's bad, not that bad, really bad, split the pit bad. I just don't want to be around. I don't want to be around that. Let me tell you why. Because verse 30, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had somebody say a word after you were saved or say a joke and you went, ooh. And you didn't even know that you were going to do that. It was like, ooh. Whoa, wait a second. I would have laughed at that six months ago. The spirit of holiness was working in you and is working in you. Amen. So sexual impurity, filthy talk, dirty jokes, that is, that is not allowing the spirit of holiness or the holy spirit look this is only one passage of scripture i could spend years going through scriptures that are based on god trying to help our character to take on a character of holiness amen and so uh we we need to we need to uh, to focus ourselves in and say lord if there is a highway called holiness i want to be in that way called holiness i want to be in that way called holiness if you'll go back uh to the main screen, I'm going to read some scriptures. Um, I think at the end of this series, I may put out, or at least at the each end of each segment, this segment is the spirit of holiness. I may put this out in note form for you to keep and read over. Uh, I know in the next segment, I actually have a fill in the blank that we'll probably hand out for you to take home and fill it in. And maybe there are some nights I'll open up for. Q&A if it's based around and uh, around that lesson that night not the week before or not the weather in you know Afghanistan or something so if the, if the question is about the lesson I'll answer it if it's not about the lesson I'm just gonna move right on all right so we might do that in the future but let's read some scriptures about holiness y'all, y'all ready to do this yeah. amen. amen uh Hebrews 12 14 follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Do you know 1 Corinthians, everybody calls that the love chapter. It is a love chapter, but it is also a holiness chapter. Uh, Somebody asked me, how much of this am I gonna read? The whole thing, the whole 13th chapter, amen. Catching some of you up on your Bible reading for the last year. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity or love, charity is interchangeable with love, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity or love suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Since love is the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is also holiness, when you have the Spirit of holiness and you have God's love in your life, this will be activated in your life. Amen. Uh, Verse six, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there shall be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in parts shall be done away. When I was a child... I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. When you get the spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit working in your life, you are going to spiritually mature. And at some point, you cannot be childish in your walk with God and claim ignorance anymore. You can't be in grad school still eating glue and finger painting. You've got to put that away. At some point, that spirit of holiness that works within is going to start working without. Amen? For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. And now abided faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. Having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Everybody say holiness. Look at your neighbor and say, there is a way called holy. Amen. Ephesians 4 and 22 through 24. Amen. That you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 1 Timothy 4 and 12 through 13, let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity till I come. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Everybody say a way of holiness. Amen. Holiness is a doctrine of the Bible. Titus 2 and 3 amen and then 11 through 13 says the aged women likewise that they be in behavior as becometh holiness so he's saying he's saying to the aged women now I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say old I'm gonna say in the King James aged matured seasoned veteran been in there a while <laughs> he said Be in a behavior that becometh holiness. Amen. Why is it that, you know, there's so many adages of like a gossiping old woman. Right? Or like the old man. The old man gossiping. Why? Because there's that tendency in nature. We get that old. You know, you're not working. You're retired. Paul writes and says, make sure that you have a behavior That exemplifies holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 15 through 16 says, but he, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a way of holiness. Amen. So here it is. For people that say, well, holiness is the Old Testament. It's in the, it's replete through the New Testament. God is saying, come on, I'm holy, I need you to be holy. I need you to be holy in your spirit. I need you to be holy in your mind. I need you to be holy in your tongue. I need you to be holy out and within. I need you to be holy in your conversation. I need you to produce holiness because I am a holy God. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 11 says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be? in all holy conversation and godliness. Look at your neighbor again and say, there is a way that is holy. For many years, and I'm going to close uh, on this, and um, I'm actually going to go to the piano, and I'm going to play an old chorus. We used to sing a lot. And it was an old chorus that was written by L.R. Uton. And he for years, we have sang this in Pentecost. Growing up, we sang this all the time. And it said, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, on earth I long to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, I only ask to be like him. That worship course, it expresses the longing that should exist in the heart of every born-again believer. Every child of God should have a new desire within them after being baptized with the Holy Spirit. To want to be like Jesus. No more to want to be like the world, do the things of the world, talk like the world, act like the world, be entertained by the things that entertain the world, have conversations that entertains the world, but to separate ourselves from the world and say, I just want to be like Jesus. The key to understanding the message of holiness is found in the chorus of that old song, to follow after Jesus to be like Jesus on this earth. Your greatest desire should want to be like Jesus Christ. Now, I know that that is not overladen with great profound thought. It is really that simple. That the Spirit of holiness drives us to want to be more like Jesus Christ more like Jesus. The term, the word Christian, which was first used in Antioch in Acts 11, the word Christian, it, it doesn't mean merely Christ-like. As a matter of fact, that's a, that's, a, that's a more modern definition of the word Christian. The actual word Christian in the Greek means follower of Christ. There's a, there, there's a difference because On earth, I long to be like him. I know that in this flesh, I can never be exactly like him. But when I'm changed, when I go to heaven, the Bible says, this body, this mortality shall put on immortality. This corruptible shall put on incorruption. And in that day, we shall be like him. But what I'm going to do on this earth is I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to try to be like him every day that I can. Every day that I wake up, Lord, I want to be more like you. I want to be a Christian, not because I I put it on a bumper sticker or because I go to a church. Lord, I want to be a Christian because those around me look at my life and say they don't live like everybody else. They live a life of holiness unto the Lord. There is a way. That is called holy. I want to be in the way of holiness. Amen. I want to be on the path of holiness. The Bible said broad is the road that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way. And few there be that find it that leads to everlasting life. In other words, the road of holiness is not going to be the most traveled road of your peers Matter of fact, the way of holiness is not going to be the most traveled road of all the churches in the community. Because most churches nowadays are built on trying to be like the world and maintain some level of Christianity. Not the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We say to be like Jesus, to be like him. On earth I long to be like him. Would you stand with me tonight? Amen. There is a way. Called holiness. I want to be on that highway. I don't know if we're set up, but I want to be on that highway of holiness, and I want to follow after Him. Amen. If you know this old,
2: Amen. Amen. To. To be like Jesus, honor I long. To be like Him, all through life's journey. From earth to glory I only ask To be like Him If you know it, sing it To be like Jesus To be like Jesus invite you to make your way to the front and lift your hands and just make a prayer of consecration to the Lord. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus on earth I long, to be like him. All through life's journey From birth to glory I only ask To be like Him One more time To be like Jesus To be like Jesus On earth I long To be like Him All through life's journey From earth to glory, I only ask to be like him, amen, how many want to be like
1: Jesus, amen, there is a cost in following the Lord, he said come out from among them and be your separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing." And I will receive you unto me and I will be your God and you will be my people and my sons and daughters. I don't know about you, but whatever the cost is, I want to follow Jesus Christ. Whatever that cost is, I'm willing to pay it because there's a way called holiness without which no man can see the Lord. Another old course says,
2: I'll trade sunshine for rain comfort for pain that's what I'll be willing to do and whatever it takes for my will to break that's what I'll be willing And I'll trade sunshine for rain, comfort for pain. That's what I'll be willing to do for whatever it takes for my will to break. That's what I'll be willing to do. Lift your hands if you feel that way. And I'll trade sunshine for rain. All the comforts for pain. Lord, that's what I'll be willing. Whatever it takes for my will to pray, Lord, that's what I'll be willing to do. And whatever it takes. what I'll be willing to do. Hallelujah. Can we just worship
1: him right now? Hallelujah.
0: Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you. And so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook, Facebook, or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week. In Jesus' name.